Hey everybody, welcome back to the Contiki Podcast, a place to get double feature film recommendations from some of your favorite artists, musicians, filmmakers, and actors. I'm your host, Eric Mahoney, on the program today. Very funny man, comic, actor, writer, Todd Berry. Uh, really excited to talk to him. And I think he was excited to talk to me too, as you can tell. Um, just kidding. Todd is a very dry gentleman, but um, uh, had a great double feature recommendation and good conversation. For anyone not familiar with his work, Todd has been a stand-up comedian uh, for decades. Uh, he's a great Netflix special out called Spicy Honey. Um, he also has a really interesting film out from, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago called The Crowd Work Tour, where he went and toured like smaller rock venues and only did crowd work, like no prepared material, just uh, talk to people that showed up. And it's hilarious. And um, I was kind of in awe of that uh, attempt to just go out with no jokes and just simply talk to people and make it entertaining. It's a really great film. You should check it out. It's on Amazon. Todd has also appeared in projects like uh, Flight of the Concords and HBO and the film The Wrestler. He also has a brand new book out that is a uh, collection of travel essays from his time touring the globe. Um, check it out on his website, toddberry.com, or it looks like uh, you can pretty much order this book wherever you get your books online. Um, it's been around for a long time. I uh, really respect his work, and I uh, think he's an all-around hilarious guy. Um, good film recommendations as well. So without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, this is my conversation and double feature film recommendations from Todd Berry. Hey, Todd. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? I'm all right. Um, thanks for taking the time out to do this. I appreciate it. So what have you been doing the last few months to kind of occupy your time? Are you, are you writing or what have you been up to? What are, you, what are you keeping yourself busy with? I've done a total of two shows. Mm-hmm. They were both side, obviously. Um, they, were, they were both fun shows. But to keep busy, I'm, I, well, I have a screenplay that I'm sort of tweaking and uh, I'm trying to work on that. I'm a lazy. I'm kind of lazy, but uh, or I have a sh- I have a short attention span, so I'm not super focused. Um, but I, I did finish it. It's just doing a little tweak on that. And then um, been watching more TV and movies than I've ever watched in my life, and going on <laughs> long walks, basically trying to cook. But I don't. Cooking for one is not fun for I, I don't enjoy it. But how's your culinary repertoire? Are you are you someone that, that, that cooked cooked prior to this? No, I've never. I mean, I eat out every meal, and now that you can eat outside, I still eat out every almost every meal. I mean, I'll whip up just like a, a veggie burger that you can put in the microwave, and occasionally, you know, I've made a baked potato that was pretty good. But it's all so much work, and it just you just just cooking for one meal, and there's just tons of mess. It's just kind of unbelievable. But, totally, uh, <laughs> I get it. I get it. Well, you've been watching a lot of stuff. Do you want to talk movies for a little bit? Sure. What What would you What would your pairing for a double feature film recommendation? The pairing be? I came up with, and it was very hard. It was, well, it wasn't very hard, but it, it's very hard. Yeah, it is very hard to narrow it down to two because you're like, oh, that one, that one shows how cool my knowledge of obscure movies is and things like that. <laughs> and 
trying to blow people's minds. But the two I chose were uh, Sexy Beast and Diner. Those are two great films. Yeah, they are great films, and they're probably the ones. I'm not a big re-watcher of films, and I'm also really not a big double feature person, unless I'm on a, a flight to Taiwan or something, but... <laughs> This exercise has been mainly theoretical, but <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. But I do know people who just, you know, watch four movies in a night. I just, I get fried. I, I have watched like four episodes of a series I'm trying to catch up on. But then afterwards, I do feel a little like, well, I just spent four hours watching the TV show. It's funny. I did have that conversation with someone else where we discussed how daunting a double feature proposition is but yet we would both watch six episodes of you know breaking bad or something with without blinking an eye yeah breaking bad is one of the ones that i did do that where i was like at some point i was like oh if i start burning through these i could catch up <laughs> on my friends who won't shut up about it and we'll all be on the same page so i did that but it, but at some time even though that show was great it, it feels like oh, i have this assignment i have to do tonight yeah yeah for sure and if it's super dark, you can kind of like come up for air feeling like you, you know, uh, went down the rabbit hole of a very surreal and, you know, sinister universe. Yeah. Yeah. So those are the two movies I picked. Uh, they're the ones I've rewatched, probably among the most rewatched films for me. Um, and the ones that like, if I'm trying to show, turn someone on to a good movie, I'll, I'll always mention those two. Um, I, I can watch a movie say that was amazing and not recall one second of it like walking out of it so there's these movies that i had to like in sexy beast i had to before i called you i had to look up what crime they ended up doing which like i forgot that i've seen that movie four times so <laughs> yeah i did a little rewatch i saw i saw that film in the theater i saw that film in the theater when did that come out that was uh let's see here 2000 okay yes yeah, so that's a 20 year old movie um, so yeah, I had to do a little bit of, of, but that, that but that film, well, let's talk about that one first. That, that one had, um, a lot of memorable moments and that heist scene in particular is very incredible as is Ben Kingsley's performance. Um, that opening scene, it was just one of these, that opening scene was just so odd and interesting. And it yeah. was just, it was one of those things like, oh, I'm on where you get that feeling where like, all right, we're, this is a good a good way to spend two hours. You just kind of know, oh, I'm going to like this one. It's kind of the vibe I got from that one. Well, can you give us just a quick synopsis for those, for anyone that maybe hasn't seen the film? Can you just give us a quick rundown of, of sort of the action that takes place? I'm going to uh, try not to, I won't read the Google description word for it, but I, uh, if I recall, it's a guy, it's one, it's sort of a classic premise of guys retired from crime and then someone says, you got to just do this one more job. Right. To do this uh, heist. And uh, that's about all I remember. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah, he's essentially bullied into it. So, yeah, he's, he's sort of retired from crime. He has a wife who he loves. He has this, like, amazing house um, and, is, and is kind of living his best life. And then Ben Kingsley, who is this kind of ruthless, horrific gangster, shows up at his door from his former life and kind of bullies him into doing this one last uh, job while simultaneously like really running roughshod over his life. Like he, and he had also 
Ben Kingsley had also had an affair with this guy's wife, I think, prior, and that was like a, a point of contention. And um, it just gets more and more intense to the point of, um, you know, uh, you suspect that someone's got to go. Right. Um, which does happen. Guy Ray Winstone, like I had to just look that up because I don't, I don't even know anything else he's been in. The lead, yeah, yeah, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't either. To be honest with you, I think I'm only familiar with this with this film um, in terms of his work. And, and I don't know what that director went on to do. Um, I imagine he's still working, but yeah, I just that was just a special movie to me, and I, uh, I just remember that opening scene and the, the, there's that Strangler song in it. Mm-hmm. Which is just, it's just, it's well done. Yeah, Jonathan Glazer d- directed it. He, uh, did you see Under the Skin? Uh, maybe like six or seven years ago with Scarlett Johansson? No, I didn't. That's a really good film too. Yeah, he, he has some, he has some really good, good things in his, uh, in his body of work. Um, he's done, he's done some really cool stuff. Same birthday, which is fascinating. <laughs> he's also a music guy. I think he'd work with like Radiohead, Dead Weather. He's done uh, a lot of, a lot of music. Oh, okay. Years. Um, yeah, he's great. He's absolutely great. It was just, yeah, that was just sort of, I mean, that's, that's one that, like I said, I do have this terrible memory for what I've seen, but I do, which I guess is good for rewatching. Cause you're like, oh, this is all still all new to me in a way, but, um, they, uh, but yeah, sexy beast is, that's always on the top of my list of recommending movies. Cause I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Yeah, I think it flew relatively under the radar. I mean, I think I, I saw it at some, you know, independent art house when it came out. Um, I, I think, hmm, now that I say that, I, I feel like Ben Kingsley got some, got maybe an Oscar nom or something from that, though. Yeah, he was, he, uh, he was nominated for Best Actor uh, for the Academy Awards uh, in 2002 for this. So, yeah, I, I feel like he got a tremendous amount of press and, and uh, accolades from his role. He's just so fucking menacing. He's just like your worst nightmare, right? And it's just—it's one of those things. I imagine someone could do the other; someone else could do the role, but it—it it doesn't seem like it. Do you think I'm stupid? Do you think I'm some sort of fucking cunt? Some fucking twat? Do you think I'm gonna have that? Do you really think I'm gonna have that? My fucking ears were burning all the way, fucking back in a fucking cab, fucking on fire. What happened, though? What happened? What fucking happened? I'll tell you what fucking happened. You tell me, gal. You tell me what fucking happened. Give me a fucking knock back, you fat fucking cunt. Problem with the plane, Tom? What's that? What did you fucking say, cunt? What? Problem? Fucking problem? No, mate, no. No fucking problem with the plane, cunt. Fucking plane was fine. Fucking plane was all right. Fucking plane was perfect. It's you. You're the problem. You're the fucking problem. You fucking Dr. White, onking, jam, rag, arking, spunk, bubble. I'm telling you, H, you keep looking at me, I'm going to put you in the fucking ground. I D, promise you. D, take Jackie and H inside. Interesting, because he played Gandhi also, which is such a... <laughs> if I recall. <laughs> the man has range, shall we say. Yeah, that's, that is pretty good range right there. <laughs> um, and in my correct too, because I didn't rewatch it, but I was watching some clip, clips. There is a the heist scene in this is is like the most memorable kind of thing too. Right? Am I correct in, in in remembering that they had to do some sort of underwater break into a bank vault? It was vault? an underwater component to it. Um, I should have watched the movie before I called you, but. Uh... But that is right, though, right? 
Yeah, it's it's definitely an underwater heist. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was incredible. I'd never seen anything like that before in a film. Actually, I mean, I'd seen you know, you know, it, it was like uh, ranked up. But they were like great car chase scenes or, or 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 you know bank robberies or you know. But but the whole component of it being underwater added this uh, you know this layer of of danger and suspense, and it was just really really well shot. It was cool, man. I love that. I love that scene so much. It always stuck out in my head. Yeah, it's it's a good one. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's let's shift gears a little bit and talk uh, about Diner, which is what's that? 80, 82, 1982 Diner, Barry Levinson film with an exceptional cast of young actors that that all that all went on to do tons of things. But it's weird that some of them didn't really explode after that. I don't. I you know, it's not for me to say whether they exploded or not. But like, yeah, you do have Kevin Bacon who went on. You know, Mickey Rourke. But then there's a guy who I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at a picture. I don't I don't know, recall who he is or what he's done, but also really the guy who said, um, I'll hit you so hard, I'll kill your whole family. He said that to one. I forgot who he said it to. But And Paul Reiser. Like, what an odd sort of like an odd cast in a way, but everyone was great. And I love Daniel Stern. I love him in pretty much like everything. I mean, I guess it's a little bit of a spoiler. Can I do a little spoiler, I guess? I don't know. But I think you can do a spoiler for a film that came out in 1982. I yeah, I guess the statute of limitations on that. <laughs> um, well, there's just that scene where he's getting married and he uh, quizzes his wife on music, and it's just brutal. <laughs> Such a dick where he's like, he's like making her like, what's the B-side of this? You know, Louie Louie, what's B-side? When did it come out? Like, someone's just like, holy shit, man. Mickey Rourke, who was, you know, I ended up working with, he uh, he was great in it. And also just kind of a low-key. That's what I always like about Mickey Rourke. He's like, he's kind of a low-key guy for, he can be for someone who's, he's sort of menacing as well, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another guy who has tremendous range. I mean, he's, he's fantastic. And... Um... Is he the popcorn scene guy? The penis and the the old the, the old the old penis in the popcorn uh, box trick. Right. Did someone talk him into doing that? Did someone teach him that, or was that something that he just did? I forgot whether his friends were in the row and he was on a date and he did that and she ran out of the theater. And then he chases after her and completely talks her out of it. And actually, like she feels incredibly flattered by the time he's done spinning this episode <laughs> and they go back in and watch the movie. I don't know. Even the scenes at the, uh, the actual diner were really good. Just of them sh- shooting the shit. And from what I was told, I heard somewhere that they filmed those last because they wanted to wait till these guys had an actual rapport with each other. That makes sense. And I, I know a lot of it, it was improvised as well, uh, which it feels that way. It, it feels it feels very naturalistic and and well just let's just back up for just a second too in case you know maybe for some younger viewers or someone that's maybe missed this film it's basically like um, there's a group of guys that come back together in their early twenties and it centers around uh, the marriage of one of the guys and they all sort of huddle up and they had been friends you know uh, in their youth or. Uh, you know, in their recent youth, and they kind of come together now as young adults and have, you know, all these kind of, it's basically like a series of vignettes, really, um, where there's just all these, you know, um, conversations and, and things that occur where these guys are romanticizing their youth and like grappling with young adulthood and what that means to, you know, become married and, and more responsible people and 
they were just romanticize, you know, what, what, what was, and, and, you know, having zero accountability as like young men and now being accountable and being more responsible people and how they're grappling with all that. A bit of a wake up call about the letdown of becoming an adult, I guess, on some level, but. Yeah, that's the tagline. <laughs> that's a, that's a but it is really fun. And I remember once another scene I do remember in that was the, um, Paul Reiser just always being passive aggressive about at the diner. Like, are you going to eat the rest of that sandwich? Oh yeah. The roast beef. <laughs> you need the rest of it. I don't remember who lectured him. Just tell me you want the roast beef. Just tell me you want the roast beef. Uh, I think it's, um, uh, who I think it's Gutenberg. And then I think Daniel Stern then just takes the roast beef sandwich and eats it to, to piss both of them off. Where's that roast beef? Don't ask me this anymore, Mom, Dad. Yes. You gonna finish that? Yeah, I'm gonna finish it. I paid for it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give it to you. No. If you're not gonna finish it, I would eat it. But if you're gonna eat it, you're gonna... What do you want? Say the words. No, go ahead. You're gonna eat it. You eat it. That's all right. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words and I'll give uh, you a piece. Would you guys cut this out? I mean, every time. Anything. Well, if he doesn't talk, he just... He, well, you he, know what he, he means, right? Yeah, I know what he means, but he beats around the bush. He beats around the bush. If he'd say the words, I'd give him a piece. If I wanted it, but I, wouldn't I ask you? No, then I ask. You know you, you just let it go? You know he wants You're it. annoying. I'm annoying. I'm annoying. I'm trying to eat a meal by myself. If you want to give him the sandwich, give him the sandwich. If you don't want to give him the sandwich, don't. You know, I don't want to give him the Well, then just eat the sandwich then and don't, shut up. Well, look at his eyes. I ask one simple question. You get. You know what your problem is? You don't chew your food. That's why you get so irritable. It, it lumps you up like roast beef in your heart. It just stays there. Oh, Modell, you're really, really getting me mad now. You, my blood is boiling. See, I don't like it. I'll take the sandwich. No, don't. Okay. Fine, I'll take the sandwich. See, see what you do every day. Why are you blaming me? You took the sandwich. I'm sitting here, I'm having a cup you of coffee. This? That's it. No, yeah, no, it, is, it is a great sort of like just, I mean, I, I love really dialogue-heavy films that, that where a lot of the action just takes place in one room, you know, or, or could be a play very easily. I, I really gravitate towards that. Yeah. And this film really does a lot of that because it's just four guys shooting the shit in a diner and it's really in, interesting. Yeah, I like when I see a movie and I'm, and I, you know, it's that's not, I guess, high concept if that's the right term, where, where it can yeah. just be described in one sentence. Like this is like kind of just these guys and they're getting back together. And on some level, that could sound like not interesting, but it, it's great. Well, it is, and 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 now thinking about it, like uh, at the period of time in my life right now too, where you know um, I, I have kids and. I'm in my 40s and, you know, I saw this in my 20s and it has a whole other different kind of, you know, connotation and meaning for me to watch it now, you know, where I, whereas before I watched it, I was sort of like who they used to be and now I'm sort of like more aligned with, you know, who, who, they're, who they're becoming and, and the, you know, the, the pitfalls of that and so forth. So it's an interesting film for, from a rewatch perspective because um, I think as you, you know, progress in life, uh, it has different, it, different things resonate, you know, uh, within the dialogue. Yeah, it's, um, I could probably watch it again and enjoy it again, or some, I mean, I'd watch it with my cat or something, but, uh, <laughs> um, another movie that I, well, another movie I just saw recently over the quarantine was Force Majeure. Oh, yeah, man, that's That good. was really good. That I just, that was. I've been telling a lot of people about that. I just love that it was kind of a, I mean, that story almost could have taken place in a coffee shop. It had this backdrop of the, I forgot where they were, but the, you know, the ski, the mountains. In, Is it Switzerland or something? I think. Yeah. It was Switzerland. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw that at, at the Toronto Film Festival when it premiered, and like everybody was talking about that. I remember. Um, it's it's a it's a great film, man. It was re it was remade too. Um, Will Ferrell and uh, Julie Louis, Louis Dreyfus did like an American version of it. Right, I, I haven't seen that one. But. I haven't either. It's so well done. I, I I like both of them a lot, but I also don't feel like I needed to see that because the original was kind of perfect. Right. So what do you got on the horizon? Are there any more uh, outdoor socially distanced shows uh, in your future here? I imagine there are. It's just, you know, it even becomes a little bit of a, a dilemma, like, oh, and I have to go out to Brooklyn or something. And how do I get there? And do I ride the subway? Or is it safer to take yeah. a lift? And But I will do them just because, I mean, I did one the other night and it was actually, oh, okay. It's good to know that you still know how to do something. Because, I mean, I've been doing it 30 years and I definitely haven't had six months off or four months off. So, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, I, mean that's, I think the audiences are also forgiving. And there's a certain amount of it that doesn't leave you, even if you have four months off. Yeah, yeah, of course. That muscle memory kicks in. Well, I'm glad that you're, uh, that you're, you're still doing your, doing your craft in, in some capacity. That, that, that crowd work, uh, film that you did a couple years back was fantastic, man. I really love that. Oh, that. thanks. Yeah, that's one of yeah, my favorite yeah. things that I've done, and I, uh, yeah, thank you. I thought that was really, really remarkable and and and, and ballsy. <laughs> I guess. Did, but, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that that's a whole other skill set that that's 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 very specialized and and really remarkable to be able to to do that. I think. Yeah, I, I don't. I am fairly, I don't know, relaxed doing it, considering how scary it is, at least on paper, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think yeah, again, it's it's like a specific skill set, and if you have that, then it's great. But I thought the concept was wonderful, and I loved it. Well, thanks, man. Sorry, I don't have this uh, encyclopedic memory of of movie. It's it's absolutely not about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a it's not a it's not a nerd out film class. So no, this is this is this is good. We just like to I just like to talk movies with some people that I like, and um, you know, share some information and uh, do something. I'll tweet it out. You got it. Thanks, man. Thanks so much for your time, and uh, stay well, and hang in there. All right, you too. Thanks. So that is the show. I want to once again thank my guest Todd Barry for being on today. His selections were Sexy Beast and Diner, a couple of great films. Stay up to speed with all things Todd Berry at toddberry.com. Check out his new book and uh, any upcoming show information there. And uh, at Todd Berry at Twitter and Instagram, I believe, are his handles as well on social media. Thanks so much for joining us again this week. Really appreciate you guys stopping by, listening, sending in the nice notes, and so forth. We'll be back at you next week with an all-new double feature recommendation from one of your favorite artists. Stay up to speed all things Contiki Podcast on Instagram, where we post some supplemental materials, animations, other film recommendations, etc. That's at Contiki Podcast and backslash Contiki Podcast for the Facebook crowd. Hang in there, everybody. Fingers crossed for this election. Keep wearing your masks. Keep being cool out there. See you next week. <laughs>